We live in a culture that fears the unknown. We watch the news, we read the paper, so that we're informed about what's going on. One could argue that a 24-hour news cycle is excessive, and that we really don't need to know what's going on in every corner of the globe at every moment. But knowledge gives us a feeling of control, and we love nothing more than to control what's going on around us. A perfect example of this is the Weather Channel. We might be on our TVs or phones or computers, but there are people working around the clock predicting the weather. Here in Florida, the weather report isn't all that exciting most of the time. It's sunny, it's probably hot, and in the summer, it's going to rain in the afternoon. Our weather apps can tell us when that rain will start, when it will stop, and how much we can expect in our area. If only Noah had had a decent weather app, <laughs> it might have made that time on the ark a little less stressful. Who knows? But it doesn't matter if we are living in Noah's time or in 2022, we still cannot control the weather or the wind or the water. We can only be better informed, better prepared, and the weather stations are all about preparation. We get those watches and warnings and alerts. We see those spaghetti plots and hurricane cones, and we know that something bad is heading our way. The weather folk can tell us with pinpoint accuracy when the storm will hit, how big it will be, and to a certain extent, how long it will last. They might instruct us to evacuate, and they can give us a list of what to keep on hand for emergency supplies, they can give advice on how to secure our homes and protect them from damage. Those weather people can be super helpful. In our passage today, Jesus predicts a whole lot of heavy weather. Wars, insurrection, earthquakes, famines, plagues, and he's only getting warmed up. On a more personal level, he talks about being persecuted, being imprisoned. He talks about us being betrayed by our own parents and relatives and friends. This is not a good weather prediction. This is one of those get out of Dodge, superstorm, really, really bad end of times predictions that would have us packing up the family and the dog and the important papers and leaving. This is weather that we would want to avoid at all costs. The disciples asked Jesus when all this will be so that, you know, they can get ready. And all he gives them is confusing information about not listening to false prophets and not preparing anything in advance. The Weather Channel probably would have fired Jesus for reporting like that. <laughs> Except for that part where he could actually control the weather. That might have saved his job. But he isn't offering to calm these seas for us like he did back in the Sea of Galilee. He isn't offering much at all. So where are we going to go? Jesus provides nothing in the way of an evacuation route. He gives the disciples nothing in the way of a supply list or a hurricane kit. Jesus isn't opening emergency shelters. He is very unhelpful. It seems a little irresponsible to warn us of these cataclysmic events that are coming our way and then tell us nothing except to hunker down. Now, I have never been a fan of that term because it always comes at the point when there is no turning back. 
By the time they tell you to hunker down, it means the storm is close and it's too dangerous to try and leave, and so we just need to brace ourselves. It means that no one can come to help you. You're on your own. When Jim Cantore is on your TV screen telling you to hunker down, you know it's about to get bad. And when he's in your town or on your block, not good at all. In this passage, Jesus may as well be Jim Cantore knocking on our front door. But there are some important differences. A hurricane comes, does its damage, and it goes. We know when and how big and how long. Jesus doesn't tell us any of these things. Not when, not how big, not how long. He only tells us that it will be bad, and that in contrast to everything that we are told by the weather folk, we are not supposed to prepare, we are not supposed to run away. Instead of a preparation checklist, this text tells us not to avoid the storm, but to endure it. Because despite everything that is going to happen, not a hair on our heads is going to perish. That word, endurance, we see it in this chapter, in verse 19 of this chapter, and it's something we see more than 40 times in the Bible, at least 35 times in the New Testament. You could call that a theme. We see it used several times in reference to running a race, a marathon of sorts. And that endurance is an important part of this race that we call life. So just to recap, Jesus is telling us that bad stuff, really heavy weather, is coming our way, and that we cannot avoid or even prepare for it, that we must hunker down and use patient endurance to get us through. Oh, and one more thing, we should not be terrified or even worried, because God is going to give us the words that we need. God is going to strengthen us. This seems to go against everything in us, because we don't naturally give over this kind of control. It's our human nature, our survival instinct, to want to hang on to everything we can in order to manage a situation. That is not what Jesus instructs his disciples to do. Instead, he wants them to take strength from their faith and to continue to follow in his footsteps, testifying as he has taught them to do and not to worry about anything else that might be going on around them. Not worry, it seems that this would be a really good time to worry, because deep down inside, when we feel lost and scared, and when we are at our most vulnerable, that's when we're most likely to worry. And that's part of the problem, because when we worry, that is when we start to listen to those false prophets who offer an easy fix, a quick way out, Jesus wants his disciples and us to know that there is no quick fix and that we do have the strength to endure. We don't need all the details. We don't need to run away or listen to anyone who says that they can save us because we already know who is going to save us. And our only job in all of this chaos is to testify in his name. God will give us the words we just need to be ready to speak. So what's the point of all of this? Why should we want to hunker down and endure these trials that are coming our way? What is going to make it this all worth it? Jesus offers us something more, a world beyond the pain of this world. Our job is not to eliminate or avoid all earthly suffering, 
Our job is to endure until the day that he makes good on that offer. This doesn't mean that we just get to wait around. We might be hunkering down, but that doesn't mean we're meant to sit in the dark listening to the wind. Quite the contrary, we are called to live here and now in faith, despite adversity, no matter what. We are called to care for our neighbors and to protect the weak and to testify as to the grace and power of God in all times and in all places. Being a Christian is not about a life of leisure. It's not about getting baptized and then waiting around for nice things to come our way. That would be great, but it isn't all Christmas and Easter. Life is more like Lent and Good Friday. Being a Christian is a journey, a marathon, and much of that marathon is run uphill. The impacts of the recent hurricane bring this passage into stark reality. Thousands of people, members of our community, friends, neighbors, members of our parish family, lost everything in Hurricane Ian. But thousands more reached out to help. The hands and feet of Jesus sprang into action before our very eyes as food and clothing and supplies and building materials flowed into our area. And we, as a church, reached out with emergency grants to help get those supplies to people in need. Trinity by the Cove is rebuilding, but we are also helping our neighbors. We are enduring. In this passage, Jesus tells us, and he really doesn't need to tell some of us, that times can get tough. But let's take a wider look at what has endured across the globe through all the horror and destruction of the last 2,000 years. Christ's words, spoken so long ago, are stronger and more steadfast than any building, than any government or war or plague or natural disaster. Christ's words endure. How? Through the voices of Christians throughout the ages, through the voices and actions of Christians like us, as we listen and read and teach those words to the next generation. By Christians like us, as we live our lives doing the things that Jesus taught us to do. The hardest part of being a Christian, of enduring as a Christian, is not the physical pain of our earthly existence. It isn't the blisters or the bruises or the heat or the thirst. The part that makes the most effort, that takes the most effort, is standing strong in our faith, in our belief that God really does love us, that God really is with us, that God really can save us, not from the physical pains of this life, but from our own sinfulness, and thus assure us a place in the world that is yet to come. God can do all of that. God will do all of that. Jesus says so right in this passage. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Jesus gave us his word. We just need to keep up our end of the bargain. We don't know, we can't know, what the world has in store for us. We can't predict the end as if it were some type of, as if we are some type of end times meteorologists. But we don't need to. We don't need to have a plan. We don't need to have the answers. All we need to know is what Christ is asking of us. And we do know that. We talk about it week in and week out. We need to love God and love our neighbor. It really is that simple. Notice I didn't say easy. 
And if at times the seas are too rough or the weather too stormy or our lives are too tumultuous for us to be outside doing that work, we need only to hunker down, endure, and keep the faith.